I will say this. I've, you're listening to this episode. You're obviously seeing the cover art for it, and I'm just going to say it's probably the most awkward cover art I had to put together. <laughs> I was worried that one of my brothers or someone would walk in my room as I was getting it. Like, what are you doing that picture? <laughs> Buddies, that fans without pads again for episode fifty-one. This is what's today, Tim? It's today the twenty-eighth, the last day of February. Okay, so now that we've timestamped this podcast, pe- people can finally realize when these podcasts actually come out, like a week later. But that's actually kind of a good thing because I was thinking about this. It's it's actually kind of a good thing because, um. I lost it. <laughs> I guess it wasn't that good. <laughs> I completely forget. I I was thinking about this today, but I I completely forget. But it's a good thing. So just just think about that. So uh, yeah, Rob and Tim is here as always. Rob not as always, but he's kind of here all the time. But he's he's mostly gone. I don't know why. I think we should kick him off the podcast, Tim, because we can't have people gone, right? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Since he is Gorilla Grodd now, I don't know if we want to make him upset. Then he takes control of our minds and make us do things we don't want to do. I will smash you, you humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're Batman, so Batman trumps anything. So, with that said, Tim, how about we do our Dark Knight Rises commentary minute thing that we always do every single episode for no reason <laughs> except because <laughs> it's completely novelty. Because no one else can. Yeah, there you yeah. Go, yeah. No one else is willing to do it. We're, we're such good Bat fans that dissect each minute of a Batman movie. <laughs> so, with that said... Um, that's what helps just, us get uh, it. We're, we're a minute. What is that? Said, that's what helps us get to it, saying that stuff to ourselves, <laughs> to make it all worthwhile. Oh, yeah. So, we're on minute six. We're going to go to minute seven. So, just line up your little thing to minute six, and uh, I'll give the countdown. So... Are you guys ready? Ready. Set. Rob, are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? I am half ready. Let's let's, let's just go for it. <laughs> <laughs> half ready? Not good. Okay. Enough, Rob. <laughs> for this whole minute, full on ready. Okay, now I'm ready. All right. All right so uh, you should see on your screen the guy that's trying to kill himself, right? That's where I have it set. <laughs> yep. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. So three, two, one. Hit play. And he's looking happy that he's going to die. Yep. <laughs> you know, they su- I was going to say, they made such a big deal about the line Bane says, the fire rises and all, like, the pre-press stuff and the advertising for it. But he only says it in this one scene right here. It's never said again. I was expecting yeah. to say that a lot. And the guy looks so willing, like, my job was to come in here and die. Well, we were saying on the last one that I think we think Bane just picked the closest Lee Shadow member <laughs> who was right there. <laughs> That's why when Bane's ready to go, you get to the front of the line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or stay behind him. <laughs> or, yeah, or, yeah, I guess behind him, yeah. Hey, we're finally out of the opening sequence. We made it. Woohoo! Finally. <laughs> it only took us six episodes. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll see if we get out of all these city shots. 
I doubt the it. The longest <laughs> Gotham City's ever been. And we just do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all right. That's minute six to minute seven. And uh, stay tuned to, for for the next episode, episode fifty-two, for uh, minute number seven. And hopefully, we'll see. Who will we see? Uh, Commissioner Gordon. We'll see the mayor. Uh, the mayor. I think our first shot may be Wayne Manor and the silhouette of Bruce, if I remember right. That's possible. Yeah. And, and then it pans down to Gordon, if, if we make it past the pan down. <laughs> see, isn't the anticipation killing you? <laughs> Can't wait to find you know, out. If we time this out right, we may be at the release of the Batman versus Superman movie. We've had this just long, like, we're at the final minute, and then tonight you can go out and watch Batman versus Superman. Yeah. <laughs> what a perfect lead is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, uh, Tim, why don't you give us our feature topic for this episode? Yeah, so I've actually been thinking about this this past week or so. Just what is the best decade of Batman, or my personal favorite decade of Batman? So it's, it's the 75th anniversary. He's been around since late 1930s or 1940s, and so much history. So I kind of thought it'd be cool to give our favorite moments of our time period of being Batman fans. Like, what was the decade that you remember fondly the most? Your favorite comic stories that came out of that decade, favorite shows, movies, all that stuff. So I guess we'll go ahead and throw it over to Gorilla Rob. <laughs> Since he's back on the podcast, we'll hear his thoughts on his favorite decade of Batman. I feel like I'm living in my uh, favorite decade doing my uh, Tim Drake podcast. I'm just getting ready to start. Um uh, Lonely Place of Dying, which came out in 1989, and that just, uh, it was a new Robin, and then you get into the 90s, we have, you know, Nightfall, so I consider 89, we'll just call Lonely Place of Dying, you know, the 90s, um, but you have, you know, Nightfall, No Man's Land, um, at Nightfall just went on, you know, forever, uh, but that's what got me into comics, and you had uh, Batman Forever, um, I still rank the early Batman movies. I'm going to get booed for this. Batman Forever, Batman, Batman Returns, and then there was some other uh, Batman <laughs> movie there in the uh, 80s and 90s. But uh, uh, I think that's, that's just my favorite uh, decade. The animated series uh, was out at that time. So I thought it was just a, a great uh, decade for uh, Batman and you know, you have to include the animated series in that. But just as far as comics, that was just where I really got hooked in and realizing that it just, I was picking up comics just sporadically as a kid and didn't realize that one story kind of led to the other. So once we hit Nightfall, it was like, oh, this this went on for like a whole entire year and it crossed over between Batman and Detective and went into like Justice League Task Force for a little bit. Then didn't go into uh, Legends of the Dark Knight book, which was typically just kind of out of continuity, but they brought it in for that, and the launching of the Robin title in the 90s, so uh, then you have, uh, I believe, was Grant Morrison's JLA run, was that in the 90s, or did that stem into uh, 2000? I want to say, I'm not 100% sure on it, but I think it's kind of what you were saying, maybe it started late 90s and went into the early 2000s, but not 100% sure. Yeah, so I'll just I'll cap it with, you know, having uh, uh, a nightfall and then No Man's Land went on so long that it did go into you know the, the 2000s, but you know, that whole 
build up in those stories in between. That was, that was just a really good year and just some great uh, art. You had Jim Aparo in there and uh, just still one of my favorite uh, Batman artists. And uh, Tom Lyle was another one that was on the uh, Tim Drake series for quite a while. So I'm going to go with the 90s. Well, yeah, I actually just looked it up. It looks like that Grant Morrison uh, story for Justice League started in 97, at least okay. according to Wikipedia. <laughs> cool. But, yeah, for me, too, it's going to be hard not to agree with you and not pick the 90s. I mean, reasons alone for me is, of course, that's the year the animated series came out. But just for all the comic stories that you've mentioned, too, and like you mentioned, we mentioned a million times before on the podcast, Nightfall being the first comic big storyline that got me into getting comics on a monthly basis and keeping regular at it. But then not to mention, too, we got Batman Returns, which kicked off the animated series, and then through the animated series, we got Batman Beyond, and Justice League came after that, but uh, we also got Superman the Animated Series out, where it all connected into one universe. So basically, we got a whole brand new uh, Batman universe created through the Batman the Animated Series, which happened in the 90s and just lasted all the way to the mid-2000s. So I think that's reason enough for me <laughs> to have it as my favorite. And just uh, some of like my favorite memories I have are from that time period, too, of watching the animated series for the first time and then experiencing the going to the comic shop and following Nightfall on a regular basis, too. And probably the weakest aspect of the 90s were the movies. I don't have to disagree with you on Batman Forever, Rob. <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> I actually did really like it when I first came out, when I first came out as a 12-year-old kid, but then as I started getting <laughs> older and more into Batman and reading more comic stories with him, it's like, yeah, it's not really the best representation of him and Robin and the Riddler and Two-Face. <laughs> But I have to say, probably my favorite time period during that decade was uh, like 97 through 99 with the new adventures of Batman and the Batman Superman series on mm -hmm. WB. Cause that's just my favorite interpretation of Batman. I just, 98 in particular is when I really, like, really became like a super hardcore Batman nerd, I would say. <laughs> that's why I did a lot of research on typical storylines and more villains than I ever did before and just kind of branching my knowledge out because just during that time period of where Batman the Animated Series came back, that was a big deal in itself. So, And when I saw the redesigns, the episodes, again, they were just really great. It just got me full on into <laughs> Batman all over again. I just remember purchasing all these different books. I got that uh, Batman animated book by Chip Kidd and Paul Dini. I have the same one. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that book. I, I still, from like time to time, every year, pick it up and just flip through it. I just when just getting that '98 when, when the animated series was back like better than ever in my opinion it was just a great time for me to be a Batman fan so yeah I'll agree with you that the '90s is my favorite and mainly for nostalgia reason, reasons but there was definitely some good comic stories that you mentioned too and just like I said it's hard for me not to think it just because of the animated series but definitely some other stuff in there too that makes it a great decade for Batman but I'll also mention too. Oh, actually, I'll let you go first, Dane, to see if you have something different, and I won't steal yours, but I have another one that I think is a pretty good decade for the character. Well, before I get to my uh, my pick, I was recently thinking about Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, and I have to say, if you held a gun up to my head and told me to pick one, I'd probably, probably pick Batman and Robin, mm. because <laughs> they clearly weren't trying anything except to make a giant toy commercial, and, you know, to make it, to, to make it campy. And, you know, with Batman Forever, they were trying, you know, that all that stuff with Bruce and Chase and, 
you know, with all of the, like, with, uh, <laughs> with Jim Carrey and uh, Tommy Lee Jones, who was pretty much phoning in that performance. <laughs> and I will agree. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that I would probably pick uh, Batman and Robin because, to me, Batman Forever is the, the most boring Batman movie ever made because they were clearly trying, but it's it's, it's so over, over the top and uh, all over the place. You know, Jim Carrey, you know, doing all kinds of crap, and Tommy Lee Jones not really finding his place and kind of, you know, phoning it in. And that whole stuff with Chase and Bruce, it just gets, it just flatlines the movie completely. You could tell that they didn't know what they were doing with that scene, with those scenes. So, probably Batman and Robin, but... I could definitely see your um, point in that. At least we can all get a great laugh yeah. out of Batman and Robin sometimes. I think Batman and Robin wasn't hiding from what it was. And I think what I like about Forever are probably the exact reasons why you didn't like it. It was skirting the line of like, okay, I think we're supposed to be kind of like Tim Burton's movie, yeah. but I, I want to try something else. I think if he would have totally gone full steam, the either done a, a total Tim Burton rip-off, I think it would have been better or as successful maybe as the other three are close to it, but or gone the other way of Batman and Robin, where Batman and Robin was like, okay, we know we're campy. We're leaning very, very heavily on the 66 TV series. But, yeah, I, I will uh, agree to that fact that Forever is dancing with this really weird line of, okay, we're kind of serious, and we don't know what this person's doing and yeah the chase meridian stuff i just been totally left out she's a pointless character and um i think tommy lee jones saw what uh, jack knuckles was doing like i'm going to try to carbon copy exactly what he's he was doing be and be you could tell he was trying to act like i'm i'm overacting here because this is what a villain is supposed to do so i didn't mean to step all every day but <laughs> <laughs> yeah and another thing too about batman and robin was like i <laughs> I think Schumacher was just like, screw it. Uh, somebody came up to him one day and said, I want to see monkey suits in a Batman movie. So I was like, yeah, screw it. Just throw those monkey suits in there. We'll find a way to do it. Um, you know, I want to see a credit card in that, in that movie. <laughs> screw it. We'll find a way. And that's why, to me, it's better, because he clearly didn't care. So anyway, stop it, Rob. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really hard for me to pick a certain time period of Batman, I guess you would call it. And, like, it's only because, you know, I, I've read so much Batman that it's, like, I can't help but cherry-pick from each, you know, decade or whatever. But if I, if I had to pick one, it'd probably probably be the 90s because, you know, I, I was a kid and uh, I was consuming nothing but Batman at, at that time. You know, I, I couldn't get... I couldn't get enough of it, and, you know, I'd pick up every comic, I would buy every action figure, and I think it's purely based off of nostalgia. I'm sure that's not the greatest era in uh, Batman history. You know, just collecting all those comics and collecting all those action figures and going to the comic store every Wednesday and spending all my allowance money on comics and, you know, saving up for that that action figure or whatever. I think I picked the 90s only because it's uh, it's nostalgia. It's what got me into Batman. It was when I was a little kid. And so 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 I would probably pick the 90s as well. Cool. He's like the first, one of the few times we're all in agreement in our favorites. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the other one I was going to say too was 
or at least in a, probably maybe my second favorite, one that I view probably maybe the most important decade for Batman would probably be the 80s. I mean, just look at the comic stories we got that changed Batman forever. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dark Knight Returns, obviously, year one, and then, of course, the Tim Burton Batman movie. And I was born in 83, so I was I did get into Batman in the 80s. Like I said before, to very early comics, I got onto Legend of the Batman. And, uh, hey, Tim, can I stop you right there? Yeah. I just want to ask you guys, is Batman year one really Batman year one? Or is it Commissioner Gordon year one? <laughs> you can make the argument that it's Gordon year one. but <laughs> Yeah, because I can't help but feel that that's a Commissioner Gordon story and Batman just makes an appearance, which makes it makes me like it even more that it's Batman. It says Batman year one on the title, but it's technically not. It's like Commissioner Gordon year one because, I mean, it has a lot to do with Commissioner Gordon. You know, he... He starts on the force, and he has a bad he, he has a bad partner, and you know he has the affair, and you know James or uh, Barbara is pregnant with James, and you know all of this stuff. And Batman's only kind of like a a supporting character in that in that story, so it's it's kind of hard for me to see it as Batman Year One. I, I'm the same way. I I feel like a bad Batman fan. I had. I've never read The Dark Knight Returns, and I've never read Batman Year One, but I've seen the movies of it, uh, which I know may not be exactly correct, but I got that feeling of watching, you know, hearing all this talk about year one, like, oh, this is the definitive Batman. Yes. I don't mean to cut you off, but what are you doing on this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I I really don't know. I got onto Skype and thought I was calling my grandmother, and I saw Batman, so I thought, oh, I guess I'll talk to Batman tonight. (laughs) Turns out I get punched right in the face. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I, I have a reason for not reading uh, The Dark Knight Returns, if you want to get into that. But I, uh, our year one was just like, I don't know if I had checked out or if it was just, it was. did year one run in a normal Batman title or was it its own book? No, it was in the Batman monthly title. Okay, then I have no excuse for not reading it. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I just, it's not like I have like oh, I have part two or I have part three. Um, I have books that probably surround it, but I don't own it. Did you just go during that time period? Eh, for, some, for some reason or another, I just can't pick up this issue, and it just happened to be the first part of year one, and then you never got back into it until I. I and may, maybe that's what it was. I don't. Oh, what year did that come out? Was it eighty seven? I'm gonna look up right now. But now we're showing how uh, bad we are. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some of it, you know. Yeah, it was 87. Yeah. 87. Yeah. So I can still blame it on if my mom didn't take me to grocery shopping with her that day and begging her. That that was a part of why, you know, looking back to my comic book collections, I have some giant holes. I'm like, how, how do I not have this book? Well, it's like I didn't get a driver's license until 1992. So if, if I didn't beg my mom to go to a comic book store, I didn't get it. And then by that point, whatever current continuity was going on, I didn't buy a lot of back issues of stuff. So, you know, I wasn't familiar with trades, so I was in high school. So it was just something I never tracked down, but I had heard so much about it, I felt like, well, I guess I kind of have read it just through talking to people. But Dark Knight Returns, I have never been a fan of an Elseworld story. It's like, okay, is this really happening in the Batman continuity? No, but this is what might be. Well, is it what it is? No. Well, then I'm not interested. So that's purely why I was like, you know, it's it's never going to happen. So it's just an idea. So once you get to Tim Drake being 
Robin. Well, Tim Drake was never mentioned in Dark Knight Returns, so now that can't happen because now it's, you know, Earth 493. So I was just like, eh, it's an Elseworld story. So I've never been a fan of an Elseworld story. I don't care how good it was. It's like, oh, it's what could have, should have, might have been. So that may make, make me a bad Batman fan. But I do own the movie, and I did enjoy it. But I was like, okay, now I can see that I've read it. So oh, That's you know. interesting that you feel that way. <laughs> oh, because I'm curious – if they created, like, more stories in that universe, would you be more open to reading it? Or is it just because it's, like, that one story, that's it? If that turns you off, if they had more storylines and built up a universe for that world, would you, like, be in- interested in reading it then? I might be, but as excited I was about reading the Damien comic book that came out, it further cemented me of, like, okay, that universe doesn't exist. It's not real. You know, if they killed off Damien, then Damien can never be Batman, so if he can never be Batman, we're just continuing a line of stories just for the sake of, well, what might have been? Well, is it ever going to be? Well, no, then why are we telling the story? So that may be... You're really hardcore about continuity. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I kind of am. It's like, if you're not going to have continuity, then don't say, well, this could have happened, this might happen, you know, and I'm, I, I think that's why I'm kind of dead set with, against Batman Beyond being brought into... Uh, the new 52 and this uh, new weekly series that's coming out because now you're you're further cementing that this is going to be the future, you know. Yeah, I'm real curious to see how they're going to work that in because this digital series going on right now is so perfect how it's just strictly in the animated series continuity. So we'll Yeah, I, I think it works for there, but once you start crossing, you know, we're, you know, Carrie Kelly is, is an interesting idea, uh, in the new 52, but you're trying to shoehorn a character in from a universe that doesn't technically exist. So, again, I'm probably way out in left field, but, you know. I bet they tried so many times to get the Dark Knight Returns into the main continuity, probably pre-New 52, obviously, but who knows, maybe they'll still try to work on that (laughs) eventually. But I remember them talking that they wanted to have the All-Star Batman series part actually in the continuity of the Dark Knight Returns, like, that was supposed to be all in the same universe. I'm not sure they still were planning that. Because remember that sequel they were planning to that? or to Yeah. Whatever happened to that? It was like two or three years ago, something like that. I think even recently in the last, right before the New 52, maybe the first year of the New 52, yeah, around Jim Lee was talking like that they were going to, it was going to be called what, Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder was going to be like the, the next step in that. Yeah, somehow it was after All-Star Batman and Robin, but then it was going to set up things so that it's going to make it part of the Dark Knight Returns universe. But then yeah. I never heard anything from it again. <laughs> but um, going back to the whole uh, reason why the 80s probably isn't my favorite decade, even though I grew up during that time period, and that's when I became a Batman fan, it's kind of the reasons you had, Rob, where I never actually read the Dark Knight Returns or year one during that time. So that probably didn't have the same effect on me as it would someone else who was reading those books at the time and then had to experience the movie, which was probably an awesome time to be a Batman fan because you had these great comic stories and you're getting your first truly serious take on Batman in a movie. So that probably had to be an awesome time for someone who was experiencing all that. But for me, I actually don't think I saw the movie in 89 in theaters because my parents wouldn't allow me to see it at that age. (laughs) They had to screen it first when it came out on video. So I probably saw it in 90 or something. But I still think the 80s is probably one of the more, most important decades of, for Batman as a character, just because it brought 
everyone aware of how serious and cool he's supposed to be being that dark character thanks to the 89 movie and Frank Miller stuff. So I'd rank that decade pretty high up there for me. I'm right there with you. To show my age, I just turned 40 in uh, February. So I remember very vividly uh, the 89 movie, and I've, and you've probably heard people like uh, Kevin Smith and just different people saying, you know, you couldn't walk down the street and not see, you know, Batman everywhere. People that, you know, didn't, weren't familiar, like, like, oh, I like Batman. They were just wearing Batman stuff because it was Batman. So it, I just remember being in the theater begging my mom and to you know, take me and my best friend. And mom's like, okay, I, I don't know about this movie. <laughs> I'm going, it's, it's Batman, you know, kind of like the, the TV show that we watch, <laughs> you know, that was running in syndication, <laughs> you know, kind of. But uh, I remember trying to remember what movie it was. I think it was Major League and seeing the trailer for uh, Batman uh, was right before that movie. I, I think that's what the trailer was playing with. And just going, holy crap, there's a Batman, but it looks so cool in the black. Uh, now I can't stand <laughs> Batman in the black suit anymore. But I just remember thinking that was so cool and seeing the first images of the Joker. And uh, everybody, uh, probably not everybody, but it seemed like everybody in, in that theater had a Batman shirt or a Batman hat or something Batman with them. And I just remember people cheering in the theater, and especially when you see Batman for the very first time, people were like, <gasps> you know, like after, other than uh, Star Wars, uh, Phantom Menace ended. Uh, it was the only two times I've ever been in a theater where people stood up and clapped at the end of the movie. So it was kind of like the movie got a standing ovation. I'm like, I remember standing up, my mom's going, why are we standing up and clapping for Batman? It's like, this is the greatest movie of all time. I'm sure there was some tears from people in there too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, going off on the opposite end of the spectrum, if I had to pick the worst decade for Batman, I could, there's probably two I think we could probably all agree on. The 50s and 60s. <laughs> Just by how campy the character was. And even the comic stories. And of course, the 60 TV shows. And I think it's safe to say we probably won't have to worry about decades like that ever again where Batman is never taken seriously. I'm sure we got stuff um, back in the 2000s with Brave and the Bold, but it was not the only thing of Batman. We had other stuff, of course, like the Nolan movies, so... Can't imagine. I just wonder what it was like during that time, like the 50s and 60s, if there was like hardcore Batman fans in the comics, if they just went along with it, or just kind of they left him for a while <laughs> during those time periods, or they're just so hardcore that no matter what Batman's going through, we're going there, go, go through it with him. So <laughs> just, sometimes I think about that. Like, if I was in that period, would I still be a hardcore Batman fan that I am today? I like to say yes, but it's just such a different take on the character and just a different time. I just wonder about that. <laughs> Well, I don't know if this is a question for another uh, podcast, but, you know, we're looking back at the 50s as, you know, I can't believe people liked that, but the people in the 50s didn't know what was going to be coming in, you know, 2014. So if if that's the only flavor of ice cream that you know, then it, it's probably your favorite, I, I would assume. So if everything is uh, campy and peace, love, happy, you know, and Batman is smiling all the time. I I don't think I wouldn't think there's anybody going, you know, unless they're looking from the you know the 30s Batman going. Oh, that's they made Batman something he wasn't. But I look at people going, you know, I hate the new 52. The new 52 sucks. 
Well, I would think somebody in the 50s would see the 60s Batman and go, I can't believe they changed my Batman. So I think some people look at it through this weird glass that, you know, every time there's a change, it's it's the worst possible thing. But the worst possible thing to you may be somebody's greatest thing. I think we're in a really cool era of Batman right now. The new 52 brought me back to reading comics on a on a monthly basis and I go I really dig this Batman Scott Snyder plays a big part of it but I have those fond memories from the 90s and 80s and I chuckle at some I have a couple you know collected editions of some old 50s comic to like the giant typewriters and giant scissors and you know things that are like geez this is so silly but you can find a, a good nugget of a story there so I'm always kind of curious you know kind of what Grant Morrison did like all these eras of Batman can coexist together, even though some are completely polar opposites of each other, just weaves a really good tapestry. But, you know, I don't pull this, you know, the greatest Batman stories ever told book out very often, unless I want a really good laugh. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to knock anyone who really likes those two decades of Batman. Maybe that is the favorite version of the character. I mean, just like for the reasons you said, for us not growing up during that time period, it's just kind of hard for us to put ourselves in that place to really know if we would have felt the same way then as we do now. Probably not, but at the same time, too, it is this kind of great knowing that Batman has all these different eras of timers that are just so different, and there's something for everyone, too. I mean, that's probably what you're going to – some of the stuff from that era is what you're going to show younger kids who aren't ready for the more serious take on Batman just to get them introduced to the character, and then we progress along through the other – more serious or darker stories as they get get older. So it's good in that sense. But when you look back at it as like a hardcore Batman fan, and for the stories that were told at the time, it's probably not the ones you're going to remember as the best, like you said, Rob. It could be good for a laugh, but maybe that's about it. But it's still an important piece of Batman's history that time period, But even though it may not be my favorite. so. <laughs> and then who knows what other eras we're going to get in the future. <laughs> I mean, the 2000s is a pretty good one, too, just for the Nolan movies. <laughs> by themselves, and then we're in the midst of a new one right here, because we got Dark Knight Rises within 12, and we're getting the Batman-Superman movie in 2016, and maybe that's all we'll get, or they'll squeeze in Justice League before this decade's over, we'll never know, but this could be another big, important decade for Batman, too, as far as the movies go. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we'll ever get a movie where almost everybody can walk away from the movie and go, okay, that is probably the single best version of a movie version Batman that we're going to get. It's, it relies heavily in the comic universe, and it doesn't go, okay, it's Batman only because he's wearing a... I kind of look at the Tim Burton movie. Yes, it's Batman. There are some Batman things there. But once you have the Joker killing his parents, it's like, well, that's really not accurate. So I would like to kind of see a movie that where somebody's actually reading the comics. And The Dark Knight and that trilogy is really pretty close, but there are some things where it's still kind of like, yeah, that's kind of not right. That's the dream I'd have, but I don't think it'll ever become a reality where there's a movie out there that everybody unanimously loves. <laughs> I mean, that's like legend or fantasy almost. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all just pondering. Will it ever happen? I I know there's going to be people that are going to go to the new uh, Batman versus Superman movie already with the chip on the shoulder going with Ben Affleck as a exactly. dork. Yeah, exactly. He's an ass. He's an ass clown. We're not, I, I hate him. You know. That's why it'll always just be a dream. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I'm dreading the split reaction is going to be for that. Star Wars Episode Seven is going to be another thing. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be crazy. But I'm just going off on something real quick. Did you guys hear that report about how we were supposed to get Ben Affleck's, uh, the first photo of him in the Batman costume earlier this month, but it got pushed back because the filming got pushed back, so now we might be seeing it in March. I mean, yeah. I first said, I was like, yeah, it sounds about right for when they want to film, and then when they said it, it got pushed back, we're like, darn it. <laughs> I was hoping and, maybe this month they would have saw it. And I don't know why you wouldn't show it now. With We've probably said it before, but with you know, pushing the movie back a whole year and knowing that people like Kevin Smith and Matt Damon, I think there are a couple other people that have actually seen Ben in a mock-type photo with Henry Cavill, why not just have it out for, like, here you go. We, they have to know that everybody's dying to see the suit so then we can then tear it apart. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. Maybe that's what it is. They don't want to hear all the negatives and go, gee, we showed this, you know, six months before filming, and now we know people hate it, so let's try and fix it, you know. I just wonder, too, though, um, if that, when we do actually see the suit, is it going to be that uh, picture or shot that Kevin Smith saw, or they do something different? Do they tweak it anymore? Do they get new, uh, uh, get Kevin Cavill and Ben Affleck to get a new pose and get a, create a new shot with it? Is Wonder Woman going to be included in that reveal, too? So I have a feeling it's going to be something new, or it's going to include Wonder Woman in it, or it's going to showcase the trinity of the DC universe, so to say. So, I mean, like you said, who knows when we're going to get it, but you would think hopefully soon is what I'd like to think anyway. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it's not next year, you know, in December or something. Anytime before shooting, that's what I'm hoping for. All right, so I guess that wraps up our future topic, right, Tim? Yep, and... I'm just happy that we're all in agreement that the 90s was the best decade of Batman. <laughs> I'm sure there's tons of people who don't think so, but <laughs> I'm, like, that's, I'm happy we all think that's the best. Now, I'm going to say the the late 30s. <laughs> the one year he added the 30s. The one year, <laughs> yeah. 39. 39. <laughs> After that, everything was crap. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's a fanboy out there that's like, nope, 1939, everything else, every other year is complete, utter crap. I don't know if there's anybody like that in the, in the entire universe. That's like a Star Wars fan saying they're, own, they're, they're a big Star Wars fan, but they only like A New Hope. <laughs> like, no, you can't call yourself a fan if you just like one thing from it. Empire Strikes Back is the worst movie I have ever seen. And I think there are some out there, though. Uh, well, probably. <laughs> the Christmas special is the greatest uh, Star Wars thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> I remember watching that and putting in the VCR tape and wore that thing out, and I found it, like, years later and go, this is a pile of dog crap. <laughs> hey, you had something rare for a while, though. I mean, you can yeah. get it online now, but before it was so hard to find. Yeah. I wouldn't say a pile. There were some – I was poorly produced. Like It's like one of those things that you just remember it being this great thing, and I'm like, oh, Star Wars Christmas, and – I think I like rewatched it in the '90s, and I was like, "Really? I loved, it. I loved this thing." <laughs> All right. So anyway, Tim, why don't you tell us what you think in one word uh, about the uh, the new um, Arkham Origins DLC trailer? Oh, this is easy. One word to describe it: cool. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> yeah, we, we heard about it like a few months ago, and now we got the first trailer from it, and but they didn't show any gameplay. I just love the fact that it's 
going to be based pretty much off a of heart of ice. And the one thing I was worried about it before when it was first announced, and this will probably upset you, Dane, but I was worried they're going to go the new Scott Snyder way and have Bruce kind of be oh, responsible God. for Victor Freeze the accident. But thankfully, it looks like they're going to have some other CEO there. I don't know if it's Ferris Boyle. They haven't said that, but there is someone else besides Bruce Wayne receiving that humanitarian award. So it is cool how Mr. Freeze, well, we don't barely even see him, but just the shards of ice that blast through the building, and then you see people getting, like, frozen and then just split apart. It's like, it's going to be, it looks like a darker take on Heart of Ice, and it's going to be really cool to see play out. But it's coming out April 22nd on all the systems, and it's going to be, like, 10 bucks, I think. The only thing that I'm concerned about is that Batman's going to get a new suit, like an environment suit and some new uh, gadgets and stuff. But right when I saw where it said he's going to get a new extreme environment suit, I just couldn't help but think of the horrible Batman and Robin <laughs> costume he wore at the end <laughs> to face Mr. Freeze. Like, uh, please don't look anything like that. So that's the only thing I'm iffy on. We haven't seen anything about that, but I'm excited about this DLC. First thing I thought of when they said that suit, I'm thinking of some of my Batman animated series figures. I don't know if you had any of these, Dane, but the like Arctic suit Batman that's an all-white Batman suit with the black trunks. <laughs> you know, like they would give yeah. you, like, Here, here's red Batman, here's green Batman, here's blue Batman. So I'm like, don't do something like that. I didn't even think of the Batman and Robin suit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that just popped into my head. Cause it said extreme environment suit in the press release. So it was like, uh, extreme is not a good word to associate with Batman costumes to me. <laughs> It sounded like there was also going to be some uh, gadgets, some like th- like thermal heat, like batarangs or, or grapple grenades or something like that. Yeah, I, I would assume it's probably going to be taking like the the gel uh, bombs or the gel glues that'll probably be heat activated. You know, to probably unfreeze people. I would assume. There's one gadget or item I hope he has that's new. Some chicken soup in his utility belt. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you defeat him. Well, actually, I have some uh, inside scoops. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, it's actually not going to be Ferris Boyle. It's going to be Ferris Bueller. <laughs> and uh, they're going to combine universes, the John Hughes universe and the um, Batman universe. And, you know, I, I personally think that the two universes would meld perfectly. Am I right? <laughs> Need to get Matthew Broderick to do the motion cap and do the voices <laughs> for the character again. <laughs> no, no, he's fat now. I don't think he can do it. <laughs> and uh, you could have, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name, Ferris's best friend. Why can't I think of it? Um, I'm totally blanking on. Uh, I would help you out, but I'm probably going to reveal something that's going to make me not someone who claims to be someone who grew up in the 80s that I've never seen Ferris Bueller's day off. <laughs> Cameron, that's what I'm thinking of. Never mind. Cameron, yeah. yeah. So you won't get the reference. Totally won't get it. Somebody out there will, where if Cameron doesn't call Ferris Bueller right back, Cameron keeps going, he's going to keep calling me. He's going to keep calling me. I'll I'll, I'll call him. Okay, okay, I'll go. That'll be Alfred. That'll be the Alfred part. (laughs) If I don't help Batman, he's going to keep calling me. He'll call me on the phone. (laughs) Just that. That typical best friend you have in those 80s John Hughes movie, the, the reluctant friend that's like, we're going to get in trouble if we do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't get the reference. <laughs> well, I think that and Goonies are the two biggest 80s movies that I haven't seen. Goonies I've seen parts of, but not all the way through. 
Hey, well, man. ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the Bat Fans Without Pants podcast. We're going to pause this right now so uh, Tim can go see some movies. Goonies uh, <laughs> is probably the biggest flack I always get when I say I've never seen it. <laughs> it's like, how could you be a kid of the 80s and not seen Goonies? It's like, I don't know. I'm a kid of the 90s, and I've seen Goonies. There's With the Arkham Origins trailer DLC, um, have you guys seen the promotional picture that some Batman sites are running right now from uh, a GameStop employee has taken a picture of a new Batman Arkham logo with kind of fire around it that it's uh, supposedly, again, Daniel, like this, rumored to be uh, debuting uh, this coming week of the new Arkham game from uh, Rocksteady Studios. Yeah, I saw it, but then I was like, oh, okay, cool. But then when I saw the actual picture, I was like, eh, there's nothing really there. Just the familiar Arkham Bat logo that right. I had. I was expecting, like, maybe a new lo- title or something, but there was nothing. I was like, okay, I guess we'll just wait till next week if this rumor's true. But right. hopefully it is, because that'd be cool. And we'll find out if it's that long, rumored Justice League game they've been working on. But if that Batman logo is there, it kind of doesn't lead us to believe that that's the case. Uh, are you going to get the uh, DLC uh, Tim or Dane for uh, Arkham Origins. Yeah, this one I'm definitely going to get probably day one. <laughs> it looks really cool. I still haven't gotten the Vegas Shadows training yet, though. The, okay. the map have one with that. Yeah, I didn't know if anybody else other than me had bought the uh, season pass at all. Yeah, I know. I passed on the pass. <laughs> for the passed season. on the pass. <laughs> and Dane, you still get to beat it because of that glitch, <laughs> unfortunately. Yep, I still haven't beaten, beaten it and Warner Brothers Interactive... Still wasn't patched it, so uh, now they still are not too. But yeah, do that. all patches that they said every all the major glitches should be fixed, and they're basically not going to be fixing anything else that's out there. Oh, so, oh great! So now now I have to technically go through the entire game twice. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty messed up that they came out and said that. I know I mean, it's it's like well, why don't you just slap me in the face, <laughs> Brothers Interactive? If this was a Rocksteady game, I'm sure they would have patched it by now. Probably wouldn't be bugs to begin with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now it's it sounds like people that experience most of the patches are Xbox or patches uh, glitches are Xbox 360 people. Are you on the 360? Dane? No, I'm on the PC. The PC has a. Oh, the PC. I, I don't know if you heard the episode. I'm not sure if you were on. But, um, you know, the spoiler alert for Arkham Origins, uh, if you haven't beaten it yet, don't listen to this part. Um, but, you know, when you're beating up the Joker in the in that cathedral-looking place? Yeah. And there's that beatdown where you need to, like, time your punches? Right. That part is glitched. Oh, you're literally that yeah. close to the end of the game. It's like, not yep. even, it is the end of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's that's after beating Bane, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you are ninety nine point nine percent complete. <laughs> exactly. So, so I don't know if I'm gonna beat this thing, because, you know, to, to be honest, I have it on the PlayStation Three, and you know, it gets really, really boring because I've seen all of this stuff before, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like running the mile. And then, you know, you, you get to the end and you're all out of breath. And then your teacher or your coach says, Rob, why don't you go run a, another mile for me? And it's like, but I just ran one for you. 
I didn't see it. You know? Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> or it's great. Now you've ran a mile, but you parked a mile back the other direction. Now you have to walk the mile back to the car. <laughs> yeah, so I, I still haven't seen the end of the game. I don't know what happens. Uh, don't spoil me. <laughs> I'll get there eventually, like a year from now or when uh, uh, Man of Steel 2 comes out. <laughs> wow. But I'll get there. <laughs> you can always YouTube the ending if you want, but it's, I know it's still frustrating nonetheless to know you're that close. But anyway, uh, I guess we can move on to something more positive, Tim. Yes, we got to get the positive back here because that, ended on, that right. segment ended on a downer. <laughs> yeah. But, um,. We have an email from Alex, so I will read Alex's two emails. He has two emails. He's, like, uh, doubling up on his daily dose of just cool things. (laughs) (laughs) You want to double up on cool things, that's for sure. Who wouldn't? But his first email, he says, uh, awesome episode. This is episode 49 he's talking about. And we had already done 50. So um, maybe a little outdated, but Alex is Alex, and Alex is Alex Rodriguez. So um, Alex Rodriguez needs some things to do during his suspension. So first off, Alex Rodriguez says, awesome episode. I was just going to email you guys to ask if everything was all right, but was happy to saw to saw Alex. <laughs> Alex, you really need to work on your grammar. <laughs> Uh, but to see that the episode was uploaded. In regards to the new announcement for Lex Luthor's character, I think it's an interesting take of Lex gradually building himself up from a leader in a gang. The only thing that bugs me is why Batman is so old. If they're going with a younger age group for the rest of the cast, I hope Jesse can pull it together, pull it off. But every role I've seen him play... Alex, you you write too much, Alex. <laughs> but we love. I, I've seen. Yeah, we love everywhere. We're we're hanging on every single word. Uh, I, I've seen him play in. He acts the exact same way. Uh, that really fast, nerdy jerk role. <laughs> Does that describe every role that? <laughs> I forget that guy's name. Um, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg plays. Uh, I'll take Alex's word for it because I've never seen one of his movies. <laughs> I've seen two. What, what movies just, have you seen? I think yeah. you know two of them. <laughs> well, uh, Batman. Star Wars and Batman. Who, who, who was? I mean, what was it? <laughs> I, you know, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan too. So there's that. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, he's all about the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Indiana Jones. There, I got it. Yep, there you go. <laughs> um, but he says. Um, while it could work for a character of Lex, caricature of Lex, sorry, he needs more weight to his acting. I'm sure he can he can do a great job. Alex, you forgot to do and do a great job. Uh, <laughs> he's not going to send you any more emails to you because he's correcting them on his grammar all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. We love you, Alex. Alex, I'm talking to you, Alex. Alex, we love you. Alex. We love you, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and hope uh, he says he's he sure he can do a great job, and hopefully this role breaks his typecasting. I was glad Brian Cranston isn't taking the role. He's one of my favorite actors, but it's a shame why people were asking for him, because he was bald and Breaking Bad. Exactly. Every 
couple of months, there would be a rumor where Brian Cranston would be um, Lex because he was bald. Um, I'm sure it would be boring for him to play such a similar role, and it would not be interesting. I wasn't so high on the Justice League War movie as you guys. I didn't care for the comic, though. I hated that Darkseid was written like a brute boss video game character. Darkseid's one of my favorite villains, Tim. He says Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I know. This is how much I loved it. But I agree that Darkseid wasn't... There just wasn't much to him in this movie. He was just there to provide the action. I totally get that. But that's was the whole point of the movie. And the action was cool nonetheless. So <laughs> I'm still more forgiving on it. Well, Tim, it's not... This This section isn't about you, Tim. <laughs> interrupted me really. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just wanted to get my um, point across. I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> He says, uh, Darkseid's one of my favorite villains, and I love him for being such a powerful character in terms of strength, yet he rarely needs to lift... Alex, what's up with the spelling incorrection? I mean, the, the, your spelling, man. Your grammar. He says life, but it's... He rarely needs to lift a finger, because he manipulates others to come to his side. He will be up front that he is evil and still get you to join him. One of my favorite scenes is in Superman the Animated Series, where Superman beats him and leaves the people he tortured to finish him off. Instead, they tend to, they tend to him, and he tells Superman, I am many things, Kal-El, but here I am God. That's I also awesome. hated Superman. I'm sorry, I had to interrupt again, but that moment it's was not about awesome. you, Tim. <laughs> I agree too, Tim. <laughs> I also hated Superman and Wonder Woman's portrayal. They acted like very obnoxious teenagers. However, I have to give my props to Jay Oliver. He is the best action director I have ever seen. His fight choreography is absolutely, absolutely incredible. I've seen a lot of complaints for Jason O'Mara's Batman, but I thought he did a good job. Although I, ha- I-, I would, li- I would have liked. Damn you, Alex! <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked if the guy who voiced Batman in Arkham Origins to take on the mantle, because he rocked that role. Those Alfred scenes in that game were incredible. I'm so stoked for the Son of Batman movie. It looks awesome. I can't wait to see it. Rob. If you're on this cast, Batman the Animated Series figures, exclamation point, all caps. Even though <laughs> DC collectibles have been amazing, I didn't want to get in with them and just stuck with DC superheroes and DCUC. But it's Batman the Animated Series, dopamine explosion, he says, Rob, to you. But it's not about me. It doesn't me. mean you can give your opinion. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not about me. Keep, please keep reading. <laughs> I have no com- Rob has no comment at this time. <laughs> but he says, uh, I want to sell all my figures off so I can afford these. It's a dream come true. I've written a lot, but I got to say this for Tim. I read Josh Clayton's review on the Batman universe for Nightwing number 28, and because of his review... I got the issue and loved it. This issue showed how Nightwing should be written and more with more relatable, intimate, non-costume scenes. I have a lot more to say, but I'll save it for later. I'll ask one question since I wrote so much. Sorry about that. I missed you guys. <laughs> we missed you too, Alex. We love you, Alex. We love you so much that, Rob, 
is going to sell all of his action figures. He's going to fly to Detroit. Not 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 take the car. He's going to fly to Detroit and uh, sing the Ameri- the um, the national anthems for you. Thoughts and, the thoughts and opinions of Dane does not reflect what Rob Myers is going to do on this podcast. <laughs> um, so his question is, has any Batman story had any impact on your view on some aspect of life or influenced your lifestyle? And I just have to say, thank you, Alex. <laughs> uh, thank you for that email. And we love you. But uh, So, Tim. That's a tough one. I see Alex always gives a tough question that I can't give an answer to right away. <laughs> well, it's got to be something from the animated series. But it's, I don't know if it's affected me to do something that Batman actually did since I live a pretty boring life. <laughs> I probably don't get the situations or options, opportunities to do something that Batman would do. I would like to think that if I, if I was there or something happened, horrible happened to a kid like what Dick Grayson went through, I would be able to offer my support and help to them or offer him to... Just to do whatever is necessary to help that child going get through the, what they're going through in that horrible situation. So in that aspect, I'd like to think I'd be able to step up and do something like that to ease the pain of a child that's going through something really tough and just be a good, I guess, older brother or father figure to someone young like that. So I'll go with that. My answer will be uh, self-restraint. It's kind of like... Batman always, you know, telling whoever the Robin was, Dick, in the early uh, days since uh, Batman Year 3 is currently on my mind, having just finished that part on the podcast, that telling Dick to think with your head, not with your fist, to think things through, and, you know, not to just be going crazy or headlong into a situation, like the phrase, you know, don't don't uh, jump before you think of what you're going to do. So just that general generality of... Um, you know, Batman's just very methodical in what he's going to do and always has a, a plan and a way out of a situation. So I, I would like to think that I try and do some of that just in, in everyday life rather than, you know, getting upset and wanting to punch a wall, being like, okay, well, what would Batman do? Batman would eventually punch the wall, but would figure a way out of the situation and make it better. So that that's my answer. Yeah, for me, I think it's just, you know, in just in general – you know, just do the right thing, and you know, if somebody needs help, just help them. You know, it's it's pretty much the the basis of Batman. You know, just do the right thing, and I think that's the the most important lesson that Batman can teach anybody. You know, just do the right thing, help people out. You know, be nice to people. Yep. Except if you're like a crack dealer or a meth dealer, then we'll punch you in the face. Yeah, that's not always nice, but he does right. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face, and then I'm going to tell you where to go to Juvie Hall so you can get corrected. But, you know, first off, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Alex's second email is a little shorter. Um, he doesn't have any questions, but I just thought I would read it. Uh, he says, hey, all, congrats on the 50th episode. Your podcasts are always the highlight of my week. Thank you, Alex. We love you. We love you. And I'm thankful you've been around for so long. It has helped and continues to help me through some tough times. Well, I'm glad, Alex, because I'm glad we do this for somebody, <laughs> not just ourselves. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, um, our podcast is able to help you get through some difficult times, so appreciate that. Yeah. Um, being that my email for episode 49 was late, okay, 
but he, uh, he he pretty much just sends the email by saying, "Here's to another fifty episodes and fifty new hilarious rating systems." <laughs> so that's his email. <laughs> um, but we have a new email, or or hopefully a new emailer, because I mean Alex is great, but I think we need more than one person. <laughs> um, but uh, this email is from Jake. Or Jacob. I think we should call him Jacob because I don't think anybody is just named Jake. So uh, I think we should be formal on on our next 50 episodes and we should be professional. And uh, we should call Alex Alexander. We should call Jake Jacob. How does that sound? I got to be called Timothy and Rob Robert. Robert, yeah. Yes, Robert. (laughs) Dane, would that be Daniel or (laughs) Daniel? Or, or is it just Dane? <laughs> it's just Dane. Uh, we're we're going to get a new name. You're uh, going to be uh, Jackson. <laughs> Jackson? All right. Jackson. Sounds good. From now on, I will no longer be referred to as Dane. I will not answer you. Uh, so just call me Jackson. <laughs> um, but uh, Jacob says, great job, guys. Been a listener since the Gotham Knights Online days. And continue to enjoy your work on the TVU. Yeah, with that, he says, the, the Batman universe. <laughs> hey, you're the grammar police today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, but he, he goes on to say, uh, Robin Terrence, where has he been? Terrence has been on a break. He's a teacher and he has a wife and a kid. Kids. Children. Uh, so... He uh, he decided to take a little break because it wasn't uh, our times weren't equaling up, so he's taking a break. But uh, I do have some news. Uh, really quick. He says, uh, "Robin, I do have some ahead. news real quick that I can throw out uh, for my podcast tomorrow. I am recording with Terrence, so he is to say hi, and uh, I'll be talking to him about this very podcast." Uh, when I talk to him, so I'll uh, kind of bend his ear a little bit, but he wants to say hey to everybody out there at the uh, Bat Fans Without Pants podcast. So um, I'll get a chance to talk to him tomorrow. So by the time that you're hearing this podcast, I've already talked to him. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there. Cool. We say a hello back. <laughs> yeah, Rob, can you just tell him that um, he's kicked off the show <laughs> and we hate him? <laughs> I, I will do that, but it will sound like I said it the complete opposite way. <laughs> uh, no, no, we love Terrence. Not in KOA, though. Um, but he says, I have one question. Oh, no, wait. I skipped ahead. Sorry. He says, Rob and Terrence are great additions to the show, but nothing is as great as Dane. <laughs> <laughs> no, he says... He says um, uh, that bring a historical perspective guiding me towards Batman material from the past, and which is great for, uh, you know, Rob with your uh, Robin show. Yeah. Um, he says, I have one question and one observation for you guys, both pertaining to things that I heard on episodes of Kevin Smith's Fat Man on, on Batman. And I just have to say before I read his comment here, this is what this one comment is what makes this email great. I'll just say that ahead of time, uh, because I, I I thought that everybody else got it except for me and Tim and Rob and Terrence. Um, but he says recently, 
Neil Adams was on the show, and he was patting himself on the back pretty hard concerning Batman Odyssey. I've heard the Bat fans and Dustin say that is awful, so I checked it out in my library. Bad, bad, bad <laughs> decision, Jacob. <laughs> that was bad. You should have listened to Dustin and us. <laughs> Could have saved you a lot of time by, by uh, saving a trip to the library and back. So he says, uh, so I checked it out in my library to see who was right. And guess what? You guys were right. The story <laughs> sucked. And I didn't like how campy Dick was. I give it a zero out of five times Batman is sitting there naked talking to the audience. <laughs> Harrier the girl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. He said Gorilla Grodd. Is he talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering the same thing listening to to those episodes. Sure, Neil Adams is great, great storyteller, but Batman Odyssey just downright sucked. I mean, I, I have no other words for it. I, I, I think on Gotham Knights Online, I would just say I wouldn't even give it a review. I would just say zero out of five, <laughs> and. Um, and it would be appropriate. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why he was patting himself on the back. I, I don't know why he was saying, like, this is the greatest thing, and people just don't get me because I'm an artist. You know, that, that it sounded to me like he was just like, you know, I, I'm too intelligent for, you know, the regular comic reader. And it's like, oh, so for one, your Batman story sucked. Your art was terrible in it. And now you're saying we're stupid. Can you do anything right except for what you did in the 70s? I, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, horrible. It, if you're an artist that has is noted for your artwork, and then to completely change your art style that is now unrecognizable, uh, that's like moving business locations and not telling your consumers where you are. It's just, <laughs> hor- we don't want to get on a tangent. It's just horrible. I'm glad, I'm glad you went to the library to rent it rather than having bought it because you would have had to throw it down the garbage disposal and hope to God that it went down the drain. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'll shut up now. Don't you agree, Tim? Or no? You loved it, right? Well, having only read the first issue and then stopping immediately afterwards, yeah, I'd say I agree. (laughs) I went to my comic book shop and I had picked up, oh, it's Neil Adams. You know, it's like I kind of looked at the art, sat it it down on the counter, and the guy's like, you know what, I normally don't do this, but you're a regular. He's like, sit there and read this whole issue, and if you still like it, go ahead and buy it. He's like, you know what, I'll give it to you free if you like it. I read the issue, closed the book, walked right over the counter, or the rack and put it back on the rack. He's like, told you so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool of him, at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, we got to stop being negative. <laughs> yes. Um, his second uh, question slash comment slash uh, email slash uh, thing, um, he says, uh, Brett Culp, the filmmaker for a documentary called Legends of the Night talked about his film and the inspiration Batman brings to everyday people. If you not, if you haven't seen the trailer, it is at wearethebatman.com. I guarantee it will make any Batman fan cry. That is one of the saddest trailers I've ever seen in my life. I was going to say, is it the same one that was 
launched like maybe a year, a year and a half ago, because that's when I first saw it, and I'm not sure if it's anything different, but... Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, the, it is. Okay. Yeah, it's completely... The, the first trailer was more of kind of like, this is what I want to do with the project, and I don't think they had any actual footage in it. Yeah, but this this has got some real tearjerker stuff in it. Okay, yeah, I hear the movie's great, too. I mean, I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but I want to. But like you said, Dave, <laughs> what a lot of people are saying, you'll probably need some tissues. Um, but yeah, I, I actually pre-ordered the movie. Oh, the cool. digital download. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see it. It looks really good. Um, I'm going to be crying, though, Tim. I need a shoulder to lean on, so I expect you to be here. <laughs> yeah, I I did the same thing. I was going to order the DVD. I'm like, you know what? I'm going for the Blu-ray, so uh, I'll be eagerly anticipating getting a hold of that. All right, so he goes on to say, um, but what is cool about the film and its creators is that you can organize screens of the film at your local movie theater with proceeds from the ticket sales after a 10% fee charged by the theater, charged by the theater, going to an organization or a charity of your choice. I'm trying to organize one such event in my hometown, Vancouver, Washington. So everybody that listens to this podcast, if you're in Vancouver, Washington, go to the site and, um, I guess, request a screening. Um, and uh, he says... Uh, the proceeds for that show are going to the autism autism why is that word so hard to say <laughs> the autism society of uh southwest washington my question is has the batman code ever inspired you to do something so it's kind of like alex's question yeah yeah <laughs> the last show uh can we morph it into something else tim i will Rob? say regarding what a batman's code uh this whole not killing code. That's something I think about a lot, maybe more than I should. <laughs> like if I, if I, if I was Batman <laughs> in some shape or form, would I have that code? Cause it, sometimes it's a part of me that says, this is someone who's truly evil as a Joker. I mean, I think maybe he would be better off dead than having him kept alive because of that code that Batman has. But at the same time, too, that's probably what makes Batman better than any real person out there because he's so disciplined to follow that code and maybe he is better for it, but at the same time you can make a case that maybe it's not such a great idea to have that code. So that's something I think about from time to time. Like, Would I actually have that same code of no killing these notorious criminals and killers out there? But isn't it so cool that this... uh you know the screening thing for we are uh, for the Legends of the Night is uh, like some of the I guess some of the proceeds or all of the proceeds are going to charity. I believe almost all the proceeds are, other than probably whatever the movie theater is probably getting a, a slight kickback for uh, give. Uh, oh yeah, you know hosting it just to be able to put it there, but. Uh, the general revenue, I think, is great to be able to go, oh, we have a, a leukemia foundation in this city, or we have, you know, uh, uh, we have a, uh, not far from where I work, that we have an autism center. So I could see something like that going right there. Uh, uh, a lot of different organizations and hearing that it can go to, like, church groups or youth groups or, you know, whatever that thing is, or if there's a, uh, a disaster in your area that needs to go to your hometown to to do something it sounds like it's pretty limitless to where as long as the money is going to a good cause i think that's great and even i listen to the same podcast and hearing him say you know he's not looking for you know all this is going to make us rich and we're going to quit our you know daytime jobs he's like this is something batman would do he would come in swoop down help save somebody and go right back off 
you know, out into the night. So I think I think that's just great that here's somebody that is a true fan of Batman and is going out and trying to this movie help inspire other people who were inspired by you know a character that in some ways from just looking at the trailer that changed people's lives. So I, I think that's great that like 90% of all the proceeds are going to whatever organization that you can hook up with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I, um, I, I bought the digital download. I mean, I know that money's going to them, but then they're, they're going to do that whole thing with the, uh, educational, is, they're going to make the movie into an educational tool Yeah. for schools. So yeah, that, I mean, that's part of the reason why I, <laughs> I dropped $10. <laughs> This is a better way to be inspired by Batman, doing something like this instead of attempting to go out and fight crime in a cheap suit and try to make a difference <laughs> out in your neighborhood. I mean, this is something that's more beneficial for everybody. Yeah, because you're, you're probably going to end up dying or in prison. <laughs> Just making things harder for the police. You'll end up getting arrested instead of the actual criminals you're trying to stop. <laughs> yeah, you just caused somebody else to get carjacked because we had to stop you and your fancy little cape blowing out the uh, side passenger window of your <laughs> ni- 1984 Ford Taurus. <laughs> Rob, are you speaking from experience? Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, thank you guys. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Alex. Uh, for or uh, sorry, Alexander for uh, your emails. We always appreciate emails, and uh, I guess we can move on to our comic book reviews. Right, Tim? Right. Let's do it. Alright, so, uh, spoilers, if you don't want to be spoiled, if you haven't read your books yet, you might want to come back to this section later. So, um, uh, for this episode, we're going to be covering the weeks of February 19th and February 26th. Are those dates right, Tim? I'm pretty sure they are, but you're the grammar police tonight, so <laughs> catch me if I do something wrong. Actually, I think the only one we're actually covering is February 19th. Uh, am I correct in that statement? Because neither of us, unless you read uh, The Dark Knight, Tim. I haven't, Dave. <laughs> no, I haven't read any books because I um, I just came back from vacation. Where did you I go, Hawaii? I came back from a trip. <laughs> screw you screw you Rob alright no I no, I've always wondered that somebody that's in Hawaii like my wife would go oh I'd like to go to Hawaii sometime I'm like where does guy in Hawaii go do you come to Ohio where I am I want to see snow <laughs> yeah we went to an outer island um, this this week and um, right when we started the podcast I just got home nice wow. straight from the airport <laughs> so <laughs> A little jet lag. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just went to the outer island to uh, an outer island to you know just relax, get away from uh, the hustle and bustle of this island. So um, yeah, so I guess we're only covering the weeks of uh, the week of February nineteenth. So all we have is Batman and Two Face number twenty eight. So Tim, no, 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 wait, no, no. Let's go with Rob first because Rob. I don't like you anymore, man. I hate you. <laughs> and he because, is a strong word, but I hate you. <laughs> uh, well, because I hate you, I'm going to send it over to Tim. <laughs> no, you can't do that. You can't do that. No, no, no. There, there, there's no passing. There's no what passing. I say is rule, okay? Because <laughs> I hate um, everybody. We're just not going to redo it. <laughs> you know what, people? Why don't you read your own comic books? And uh, that's... <laughs> you, 
tell you what, uh, Bat fans, listeners, you tell us what you thought of it, and we'll go, eh, I don't know. <laughs> the tables are um, And our rating scale for this episode, our 51st episode, this is the first rating scale of the new generation, the next generation of Star Trek. Um, our rating scale for this episode is going to be uh, times Batman is sitting there naked talking to the audience, hairier than Gorilla Grodd. Thank you, Jacob, for that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, Rob. What did you think about this issue? Uh, since we were going on the uh, description of what we thought of uh, Arkham Origins uh, trailer in one word, uh, my word is going to be very surprised uh, by the end of this book. Uh, I'm kind of curious what everybody else thought of it. Uh, I thought this was a really good conclusion to the Two-Face story. Um, I was I've been kind of curious, since Damien's not around, how the Batman and title is going to be, is it going to become Batman Brave and the Bold, or is it going to be eventually Batman and Robin? So having it be a two-faced story, um, I don't think we've had a really good one in the New 52 um, up to this point, or if we've really had any other than uh, the villain uh, one-shot. I thought this was great, you know, uh, with uh, what I thought was going to happen. I think we talked about this in a, a previous issue that I was thinking that uh, the McLean sister um, wasn't who she said she was, that they had switched places, so that didn't happen. But uh, just uh, everything, it, uh, this is really well-paced. I, I don't have a, a, a lot to say about it just because it was so good. I don't know in any one spot. Uh, something that surprised me that uh, Two-Face obviously knows who Batman is, uh, refers to him as Bruce, uh, a couple different times, and it, it's the Two-Face that's like, he's at the end of his rope, and Batman says, you know, there's not only two sides to the coin, that there's three, there's the side, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't always have to be black and white, it doesn't always have to be good or bad, there's there's another side to that. I never thought of uh, Two-Face uh, like that, or even uh, Two-Face's coin uh, being like that. Um, and uh, just with everything... It, I'm looking at a page right now. I wish they numbered these pages like they did back in the 80s and 90s. But the panel where Two-Face is looking in the mirror, I thought it was an error in the artwork where it looks like the scarred uh, side is on the other side of the face, but it's him looking into like a reflection uh, when all the water is coming down. And we get uh, kind of some final pieces of the backstory of uh, Harvey and his uh, wife uh, put together. Um, at Bruce's party, and uh, it's, I think it's just, I think it's just brilliant, yeah, brilliantly done. Um, uh, the McLean sister gets taken back t- uh, to jail, and she's, you know, sounds like she's wanting to start a, a riot in like the woman's part of the penitentiary. But the part of the book that's really sticking out and uh, re- reminds me of the a silent issue uh, that you can. There's humanity to Two-Face I don't think we've really seen before where um, he has his wife, Glenda, I think I'm saying that right, yeah, uh, that was killed by uh, the McLean sister, uh, burnt with acid, the the acid ends up uh, creating Two-Face, is that uh, instead of flipping his coin, he spins it on its side. uh, And spoiler alert, if you haven't read it, like Dane said, uh, pulls out the revolver, puts a bullet in the revolver, places it to his head, 
and uh, says, uh, I'm going to read this last line, feels like my lucky day, Glenda, and uh, you just get the uh, panel of uh, blood spattering against Glenda's um, portrait, and you see the coin that he had spun start to fall down, and it goes to black, so you don't know if it lands on heads or tails. And uh, the issue kind of ends with uh, Batman delivering a new bat signal to the top of the GCPD, and uh, Commissioner Gordon and Batman uh, making a reference that uh, they haven't seen uh, Harvey in a while. He must have gone underground, and uh, maybe they can find him together. So I was really surprised. I feel like with this whole Forever Evil stuff and, you know, the fate of Nightwing and all the stuff, I really feel like in the New 52 it's uh, DC Comics' way of saying, what heroes can we pick off and change and maim? And... uh, now it's kind of like villains aren't even safe. So I'm kind of curious as to what you guys think uh, is is the fate of Harvey. It, did he did he really die? Did he really commit suicide? Uh, uh, I was shocked that they would do this to such a, a predominant uh, villain. So um, I guess I'm going to turn it back to you guys to see what you thought. Yeah, for me, um, pretty much like you, Rob, I was I overall enjoyed this issue, and then just in general, this whole story arc from from the beginning. Well, I shouldn't say from the beginning because the very first issue kind of left me... <laughs> was a little <laughs> was slow, yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, what are they doing with Two-Face? It's a whole new origin story. I'm not sure that I like it. But then as each issue progressed, we got new layers into his past as what happened and it all kind of fit together. I think it'll flow a lot better once you read it all in one. But for this particular issue, I felt it wrapped up everything in a pretty cool way. I mean, you already mentioned it, but I was pretty shocked to learn that Two-Face knows that Batman is Bruce. And I kind of like that aspect because it's kind of, it just makes a good dynamic between the two, knowing that both of them know, both of them know who each other really are. And they grew up together, as we saw in the flashbacks, how they were friends. And it kind of makes sense that Two-Face or Harvey would kind of put two and two together and figure out that Bruce is Batman. I like the line he said to him too, like, if you only knew the battles I fought in my head to keep you alive these last few years. So I just got, or I took that as he still has some good left in him and, like the friendship that they had in the past, that he's kept them alive, even though they've been at each other's throats since he became Two-Face and always doing battle with each other. So the action sequences are pretty cool in here, but the only thing I felt was a little off was that Batman comes to say he's Two-Face, and they're having this big fire fight with these monsters with fire going everywhere. And, like, they decide right then and there to have a conversation with each other, like Bruce saying to Harvey, hey, we were once on a mission together, you, me, and Gordon. We were on the same team. It's like, I just thought, that's really the best time to be talking about all this right now. <laughs> they should be trying to take out these guys and get out of there before they uh, burn up. <laughs> so I felt that was a little off, but I did enjoy the conversation that they did have. It's just I felt it wasn't the time for it. And then another thing, too, was Harvey had a kind of confrontation with Gordon right at the end before he makes his escape. And I just got a real Dark Knight, Dark Knight vibe to it in that scene, just how that movie ended with Two-Face and Gordon. And even some of the Gordon's dialogue was exactly the same. He says to Two-Face, you are the best of us. You, you know that, don't you? It's not word for word, but it's pretty much what Batman said to Two-Face and the Dark Knight, saying he was the best of us. So I thought that was maybe a little too obvious of a nod to it. And it, I don't know, it just came out of the blue, really, for Gordon. But I did like the moment where Harvey was hesitant to shoot uh, Gordon. He flipped his coin and it landed on the edge, like Batman was telling him. It just threw him all off. He couldn't decide whether to shoot him or not. So Batman just ends up throwing a batter in to knock his gun out, and Harvey makes his escape. And yeah, like you said, Rob, I 
really don't know how to take the ending. <laughs> Part of me thinks that he's not dead because it's comics, but there's that shot, that panel where he has a gun to his head, and then we see the words blam and blood split all spilled all over his apartment in the picture. So it looks like he's dead, but again, even pre-New 52, we had that story where he was all shot up and thrown into that river, then he came back alive. <laughs> We're all wondering, <laughs> how the heck did he survive that? So he, my guess is he'll be back, but Overall, I enjoy the story arc. It's not my favorite origin of Harvey Dent becoming Two-Face, but it ended up being a pretty cool story. So I'm going to go ahead and give it four out of five times Batman is sitting there naked, talking to the audience, hairier than Gorilla Grodd. Did you just score it, Rob? I don't know if you heard your uh, one. Take on. <laughs> uh, sorry, I, I just realized I'm also going to give this uh, four out of five. I was with you uh, at first of going... Uh, I want to like the story, but as each issue went along, I I think it got progressively better. I I will agree. I don't think it's the best uh, Harvey Two Face origin, but I was surprised how it went. So I'm also going to give this four out of five. That uh, Batman is sitting naked in front of an audience, uh, talking to Gorilla Grodd or sorry, naked uh, Harry Harry the Gorilla <laughs> Grodd. Man, I can't. Uh, Batman is naked talking to you, so it's awkward. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know, I think we only had one comic to review. We would have scooted up a lot more. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so with that, I guess we're done for this uh, this episode. Um, this episode is finished. 51 is done, Tim. It's in the books. It's in the books. I'm writing it down on the ledger right now, on, on the book right now, literally. Or not. <laughs> um, anyway... We just want to remind you to go to twoweeksaudio.com if you need quality, affordable headphones. And, uh, you know, when you uh, pick your headphones and you're going to check out, just enter the promo code TBUSAVES and you can get 33% off your entire order and free worldwide shipping. So just go to tweaksaudio.com and enter the promo code TBUSAVES. Uh, so... Uh, just go to thebatmanuniverse.net or on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse or on Twitter and the Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. And you can follow us on Twitter. Twitter. That's how I'm going to say it from now on. Okay. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. And uh, Tim's Twitter handle is at timg311. Does the G stand for uh, great, Tim Great 311? <laughs> no, it just stands for my last name. <laughs> uh, I'm not that creative. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can follow Rob at, at drummer Rob 10. What does 10 stand for? Is it, it? I mean, did somebody have drummer Rob? No, uh, 10 is my lucky number. I was born on February 10th. Uh, it was any sport that I played, I always picked the number 10, so... That's kind of like my number. Were you born on ten ten at ten o'clock in the evening? No. Uh, Two ten nineteen seventy four at like seven. There you go. So that means <laughs> that means you are. Hold on, I'm doing the math. Six plus ten is sixteen. That takes us to nineteen ninety. Plus ten is twenty six, which takes us to two thousand. Plus ten that takes us to twenty ten. That's 36, plus 4, because it's 2014, that takes us to 2014. That means you're 40 years old, Rob. 
Yes, I am. Or you just could have remembered earlier in the show where Rob said he was 40. Wait, Tim, don't don't tell me how old you are, and I forget how old you are. Just okay. give me your, your uh, date of birth. April 26, 1983. Okay, so April. So that means you're not... You haven't turned your 2014 age yet. No. And you said the, the date was what? April 26, 1983. 1983. Okay, so seven, that takes us to 1990. So you're seven in 1990. Uh, plus ten will take us to 2000 and make you 17. Plus ten will take us to 2010, and that'll take us to 27, right? Plus 4, so you're 30. Yep. Uh, don't remind me. <laughs> oh my god, you old man. You too, Rob. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he's an old man and I get my ARP card or something like that. <laughs> uh, I will say, <laughs> I will say, I am turning 26 this year. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> And I started podcasting when I was 22, so it's uh, I'm getting old too. I can't believe it. I always thought I would be three years old. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's enough about math. I hate math. But you were so good at if, it. If there's one thing in this world that I hate, it's math. I concur. Ditto. <laughs> I repeated the seventh grade because of math. <laughs> Ouch. There, and there that is. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's enough about math, guys. Stop sidetracking me to unknown territory. Uh, and I forget where I was. Oh, and you can find us on iTunes, and you can rate and review us. We're still at nine. Somebody... That's not a family member of anybody on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a 10, please. Be our 10th person, and we will love you for the rest of your life um, unconditionally. What is? <laughs> yeah, so um, we will love you unconditionally for the rest of your life. And uh, Rob will promise to take you out to dinner every uh, every year. I'll fly to wherever you are and uh, take you out to dinner, yeah, guy or an- girl. Yeah, on the anniversary of the date, you give us a 10. Yes. So, yeah. uh... D- just call me when you, you want to go out. <laughs> it's going to be like Banya and Pinesa with a free meal. Yeah, soup. <laughs> uh, but anyway... Uh, and you can uh, review all the other Batman Universe podcasts. And there's a crap ton of them. They're, I mean, they're they're not crap in quality because I wouldn't say that. Uh, but there's a ton of them. There's a cr- literal there's a literal crap ton of Batman Universe podcasts. Yeah, there's one I could think of uh, called Robin. Everyone loves the Drakes. Uh, just the first one that comes that off one the top sucks. of my head. That well, one yeah, sucks. You should never listen to it. You should just uh, disown it as a Batman Universe podcast because it has nothing to do with anything that's good <laughs> in this entire universe. <laughs> well, there, there there is that. <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes no, me want to listen no. to it. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's everybody loves the Drake. Is that correct? Yes. So listen to that. Um, and there's a crap ton of other podcasts. 
And uh, you should listen to those as well, and you can rate and review those too. But, you know, before you rate and review those, just give us our 10, please. <laughs> please just give us our 10. All we want is 10. I wonder if I'll All get my... All we want for Christmas is 10. I wonder if I'll get my 1 before the Bat fans gets 10. <laughs> Won't that just be like the added insult to Andrew? Like, hey, I got one, guys. And Dan, you'll be like, son of a gun, Rob, you took our one. <laughs> well, that's where somehow it was our. Yeah, <laughs> we'll copy and paste it. Or <laughs> and then we'll make you delete it, Rob. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, if you want to send us an email, we have a new email address. Address. Is it address or at address? Uh, uh, I've never... I always say address. <laughs> That's what address. I say. Well, anyway, it's good. Uh, we have a new email address, and it's going to be badfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. Badfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. So, send us an email, and you can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash badfanspodcast. So, with that, bye, everybody. We love you. We love you very, very much, unconditionally. We have very much love in our hearts for you. We're, we're kind of like um, that movie Titanic, well, you know, where we really there's have that an unnecessary <laughs> love story. Yes, we're going to love you through generations, and we're going to divorce our fiancé for you. <laughs> I but uh, just, just know when you freeze in the water, I'm letting go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to save myself, but I'll still love you. <laughs> I will say this, as you're listening to this episode, you're obviously seeing the cover art for it, and I'm just going to say it's probably the most awkward cover art I had to put together. <laughs> I was worried that one of my brothers or someone would walk in my room as I was getting it, like, what are you doing that picture? <laughs> um, but anyway, another good rating skill for us, um, uh, Popsicle Leonardo DiCaprio's. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has to remember that for the next yes. episode. <laughs> oh, man. Alex, please remember that, Tim. Alex, if you're listening to this uh, right now, in, remind us in your next email what our rating scale should be. That's your, that, that's your job, Alex. Oh, man. I still get to pass up, but not you. Alright, well anyway, I reiterate, we love you, goodbye, see you later, I shouldn't say goodbye, because there are never any goodbyes, Tim, there's just see you later, right Tim, Thanks. and Rob? Yes, until next time. Okay, we'll see you guys next time, we love you, please don't cry, we love you, we love you. Goodbye, <laughs> <laughs> everybody. <laughs> this sounds like that Beatles song, we should even call it ours, Say, we love you. We love you. We love you. I'm holding serendipity. I'm holding serendipity in my hand. Some days I'm going to go. Crap.